the Sean special on Friday, I was killing myself at it. It was just fantastic. The basketball stuff. Aye. Well, I, I never knew you had such a burgeoning career. Well, I mean, it was cut short, obviously, but... But the age of five. That's for another story. <laughs> oh, no, no, this was at high school. It was at high school. That's for another day, that. Mm. Still one key hill is based on the Sean's exploits at high school basketball. Wasn't there loads, of, like, wasn't there loads of abuse on set in One Tree Hill? <laughs> I don't know, but there was, there was at St Mungo's. <laughs> Sorry you don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron, that's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead! Moron! Prepare you morons! Stepping morons like yourself. Me down, you moron! A hey, moron! <laughs> oh, the One Tree Hill stuff's documented. I think the guy that made it was an absolute beast. What's One Tree Hill? What's that? Like a kind of teen comedy hang like the OC or something like that. Aye, but, but One Tree Hill went a lot longer though. High school basketball team. Oh, so it was, aye. Based on your life. Aye. Not getting diddled. Aye, it's just the usual shite, Ken. All the lassies are, like, hot as anything, and they're obviously just all employed just so he could fucking diddle them, as you said. So. Fucking diddlers, eh? I know. We're, we're a minute. Right, eh? <laughs> we're a minute in, and we've already went into a sexual conversation, guys. This is becoming a running theme <laughs> when we're recording episodes. <laughs> The morons of <laughs> movies. I think we need a sidecast to talk about uh, movies. Um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this film was a hard wank, to be fair. Like, fuck me. <laughs> That's actually an extract for a conversation that we had with a, a previous moron uh, appearance that I had um, with a, a similar a similar conversation line. But let's say uh, let's address the movie that we are talking about this week. Welcome into another episode of Moron Review Movies. We've got the honorary six moron, Mr. Dubs, joining us once again. He, he always cherry picks the movies that he likes to watch. He'll not watch any of the shit films that we've got upcoming. Um, we will catch him one day to watch an absolute belter, so hopefully we can get his thoughts on a, on a shitter. Dubs, welcome back. Nice to have Thanks. you again. Thanks. To you be fair, after a, a couple off. of times when you've watched like terrible things, I've listened back to those podcasts. Like, so one time, son, you'll pick son, and I know it's going to be shit, and I will. I will watch that one. Do you know what I mean? Well, the shit movie's not getting discussed until next week, and it's usually Burnsy that picks them anyway, so uh, just well, keep an eye on Burnsy. That's anyway. Who, who picked the road then? No, me anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> 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 this is a Daniel pick every day of the week. This week's selection is The Road, which was selected by me. Oh, I don't do that. This was in my scene, uh, my scene movie. I, I watched this years and years and years ago. And just remember it being like, obviously, an incredibly depressing movie. It's a movie that's in a dangerous post-apocalyptic world. An alien father defends his son as he slowly travels to the sea. I couldn't actually remember what happens in it, because obviously not much does happen in it. But it's just really, really dark and it's really sad and it's very depressing. So I know it's not the most cheerful film for us to watch, guys, but I really, really enjoy it. I think it's a movie that gets you sucked into the relationship between the father and his son. And watching watching the father go from being optimistic to overly scared, panicked, nervous to any little sound or action that he hears is mad to see the, the, the depression spike like crazy the scene where they they find a little like the little haven with all the food in it and they get dead excited about it and that one little noise that triggers him to think fuck this we need to move because he's panicking about his son's probably one of the strongest scenes in the whole film i, know I would say the ones where um kyle, kyle obviously the you, you know how you're saying about like he's he's quite optimistic at the start but he's still <clears throat> he's kind of like gearing his son up for what's to come. You know, there's like a scene where he's showing him how to commit suicide. Like, <laughs> that's that's fairly early on. 
Like, so, and, uh, but he is optimistic at the start. You're right about that. Sorry for I was going to add there, Kyle, is that when you said about um, a scene that you sort of remember most of it, for me, it was the one where he's like ready to shoot his son in the head. Like, that was just mm-hmm. like, put me by pure shock. That was that when they were like in the house? Um, and the, Aye, and, and it was also obviously they go down, they go down into the cellar thinking they're going mm-hmm. to find like supplies, and it's just yeah. like folk with like missing limbs and all that. And yeah, oh, what I seen by the way, <laughs> like, that was disgusting. Before we move on to that, like you've read the book, haven't you, Dubs? Eh? A long time ago, man. Uh, you know what? See, another film that I I didn't actually enjoy the book and then enjoyed the film a lot more um, was Filth, the Irvin Welsh Aye, yeah. uh, book. I thought that film was really, really good. I've only seen it once. <clears throat> but compared to the book, I really didn't enjoy the book. I didn't actually enjoy The Road that much. because I think just because it is such a hard read. I, think, I don't know if maybe just the visuals help a wee bit with this. But I enjoyed the movie a lot more than the book. Um, I do think this is one of those examples where the movie definitely at least does justice to the book. I enjoyed the book, but it's a good representation. But... Um, when I went to watch the movie, that was the bit that was in my mind for reading the book. Like that was the biggest impact in the book that I had on me was when they go down into that cellar and turns out that they're basically uh-huh. humans and cutting off their limbs and keeping them alive so they can use their meat to fucking eat uh-huh. them. Yeah. It's just a uh, I feel like it, they cover like so many taboo subjects in this film that would probably be the, the harsh reality of that post apocalyptic world where Usually with these types of films, there's a hero and there's a clear villain and there's a, a reason why the world is the way that it is and they end with this big, amazing moment where they get taken into a sanctuary and everything's all hunky-dory. And I think what I love about this film is that you don't get that background story to what's happened. It's just happened. And no. you just deal with that in the movie. And they're set themselves on a goal, but they don't really know where they're going. They're just going to somewhere where he's experienced peace and tranquility where like he wanted to go to the sea and it was this, he keeps telling his son it's this nice blue sea and he apologizes to him when they get there that it's not what it was and it's well, just i feel like they're struggling to he's struggling to get a direction but he's just constantly wanting to move to make sure that his son's safe i think i don't know if it was just me but i take it as completely deliberate that they don't actually say what happened yeah, at any point. Like, obviously, I've read the book. I don't remember there being anything in the book either. No, I thought that was bizarre why they didn't mention that. Because what's the reason that they didn't? I think to me, sorry, Hunter, but it, uh, to me, sorry. it's so that you focus on the relationship between the dad and the son. That's all it's actually about. Like, yeah. why it's like that or any that none of that actually fucking matters. I don't it's, know if as as well. I don't know if they were just kind of making a sort of. Maybe a sly sort of dig at kind of what the world is like now a wee bit, and are they like saying that it doesn't matter what it's going to kick it off or set it off? This is what it's going to happen. Like it is just going to be every man for themselves and all that. I don't know. Maybe um, he's right. Like Cormac's writing is quite negative, like that. Do you know what I mean? Aye. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was the kind of guy he was. I I would just want to bring it back to what Kyle was saying about the looking for the peace and tranquility. Is that, do you think at that point he knows he's dying and he wants to be uh, get that final moment of rest at that and uh, as you say that a place where he found total peace at that point that it's almost he's although he's we still caring protecting for his child he's maybe being a bit selfish in that as well. Um, when you go, Dubs. I was going to say that as well. It's not really made that implicit what's wrong with him either. I thought, which was quite strange. There's a couple of wee like nods that he's starting to cough and stuff like that. The bit mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, obviously there was the scene where him and his wife are playing piano, and then they totally flip it, and then at one point he's like next to the piano, and it's hard to tell at that point whether he's just really upset or if he's genuinely like fucked, like dying basically. The noises that he's making, do you know what I mean? Aye. Uh- I was just going to, I assumed that, probably wrongly here now, that thinking about it, that he obviously gets shot with the arrow and he's dirty and he takes it out and then it seems to me that he develops an infection. So the way that I take this is that the point where we pick up in the film is from the moments that he knows he's dying 
and he's mm-hmm. trying to get his son to be safe when he know when he's dying. So I, to me, the whole movie is him to pay him for his own death and try to spare his son for his death as he goes. So I think we, apart from the flashbacks, we join up at the bit where they've probably been breathing all the fucking dust and the chemicals and shit. That's probably why he's dying. That's probably why most of the folk are dead. Um, and I think that's what the story's about is him preparing his son for his eventual death that he knows is coming. Obviously, the bow and arrow wouldn't have helped, but no. I, think I don't think that's the. I don't think that's the first thing that he's got wrong with him. He's, there's multiple things probably. Mm. Definitely, Which makes sense. Aye, but the, the, I think like again, I, I really, really enjoyed. It. I felt like this is one of those movies where you get gripped into the scenes for it, and then there's also a little bit of back and forth where they're they are walking the road and you watch them do it, but you're just waiting for something to happen. And you've got like. They're, they're so scared, so they're constantly running, they're constantly hiding, but they're also, it's a weird one because they're looking for shelter and they're looking for safety, but as soon as they get there, they have to leave. So they get to that first house of horrors that they get into and all that stuff happens and they get out straight away. They get the the place with all the food in it where you'd think, why would we ever leave here? And it's that, that I know I mentioned it earlier, but that little noise that he was convinced it was something and that had just made them go because... You've got to think of the paranoia that he's probably feeling at this point because if you're thinking logically, you'd look at it and go, this has clearly never been touched in about 10 years. There's no, Nobody's come here. Nobody's ever came here. Co- coincidentally, they're not going to come in the next few days that we've been there. Surely we can get at least a few months out of the supplies, live a good life until we can move on. But I think it would be impossible to think logically in the scenario where you're constantly running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I, I think as well, to come brings it back to the, the point, I think he's trying to get to the coast. It's more that he's wants to, they keep talking about finding the good guys, right? I think he more wants his son to find somewhere safe to maybe be where other people are son. But the, more than just being that bunker to be safe, he's going to die anyway. He knows he's mm-hmm. only got weeks or months left. So the, it's essentially going to be a prison for his son, where he's, ah, he'll have food, but what the fuck's he going to do? How's he going to survive beyond that? Um, so I think regardless of the hearing the danger, I think they would have had to move on anyway to try and continue. That's why you're always moving down the road, I suppose, to try and find something better. Yeah. And what what I really like about the sun and the contrast between the two of them is the sun's like this little beacon of hope. Everything's exciting, everything's good. Like I need to he was he was wanting to chase that young boy because it was a young boy and it was going to be good. He wanted to help Robert Duvall's character, uh, which again, I love that they don't have actual names. It's just like old man, man, mm-hmm. boy, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, even though they they should be scared of anybody, they 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 want he wants to help. And then you see the scene where the thief, who's what Chalky White from Boardwalk Empire. Oh, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to say that. I know I've got one. I superb name in Boardwalk Empire. Oh, but, um, he's awesome. He's an icon. He's actually in The Wire. He's one of the best characters. Ah, uh, he's been good in that as well. Any TV show. He's like a. I don't want to ruin too much for you, Kevin, in case you do watch it. But he's like a guy that robs drug dealers. So he's like a kind of Robin Hood type character. Nice. And he's the full way through. He's gay as well. Uh, it's just fucking honestly one of the best characters ever written. And he just yeah. honestly, he's awesome. Yeah. Side track here. Has anyone ever seen the movie that Eric Banner stars in called Chopper? I have actually seen that. Aye. Years so ago. I had to oh, start, I, had to I like, have seen that. Aye. It's set in a, it's like a film that was still in the eighties. Yeah. So aye. I read uh, Chopper's book a long time ago, and he plays that kind of like self vigilante. He goes and kills murderers, but so he thinks he's a good guy. Uh, if you've never seen it, it's wild to think that this was real life and actually happened. Yeah. Aye, it was a real guy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuts his ears yeah. off and fucking oh, all sorts. I know. But yeah, just to just to finish my point there, guys, before I let someone else talk, is um going back to 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 Chalky White there. Even though Chalky White stole their stuff, I call him Chalky White. His name's Thief in the movie. Um, he steals their he steals their stuff, but he just steals it. He doesn't harm them in any way, and they hunt down to get it back, and they totally degrade the guy mm-hmm. because of the paranoia. Like he's scared that something's going to happen to them, and even the sons at that point is like, no, we need to give him his clothes back, and we give him, and they put his clothes back, and they give him some food. And I just, I don't know, I feel like, like you said, the guy, the dad's on the way out, and the sons 
got that hope that there's going to be good guys and there's going to be light at the end of this at the end of this tunnel. That's a I'd say that there's two scenes that well, there's loads of scenes that are quite sort of take you to the heart in this, but the two that sort of show the level of what he'll go to is that one that's like so hard to watch the guy standing there fucking bollock naked, like being left mm-hmm. with nothing to die. Like it's, it's done so well to because Vigo Morton said I think it's amazing this and part of it is because he's like he's unhinged the way he's thinking a lot of the time, eh? Like yeah. and obviously this is ten years worth of living in this fucking different world that we kind of cogged ahead. So you probably yeah. would be a totally different human being. But there's see with the old man with Robert Duval when they're sitting there as well, and he's like, Oh, is that your son? And you see him just change as soon as he mentions the wee boy. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. like, fucking mm-hmm. he, thinks, he thinks he's got nefarious intentions, ah. basically. Aye, and that's so intense, that scene. Burnsy, I'm assuming this wasn't the one that you were too excited to watch, given your kind words at the start of the podcast. No, to be fair, it's like it wasn't, I was making it sound worse than what I actually did think, because obviously when you've been talking, I've sort of made a couple of comments, but I think, um, obviously for me, like, I can't, I've said before that I can't remember a lot of the films that we have watched, but we obviously watched The Quiet Place recently, or fairly recently, and this is probably the most the one that we've watched recently, which is kind of similar in a way, kind of idea. And obviously, that I'd said at the time that that can those kind of films just aren't for me, um, and this sort of falls in the same bracket. Like there was, there was good points about it. Like I did, um, I did think both the act, the main actors were really good. And I liked how they sort of they were giving you background into their their lives, etc., with the with the wife and how she was obviously that depressed. And I thought they did that really well. Um, but I just felt that in obviously the, I don't know what they could have done to make the film better for me. But obviously because like that, Daniel was obviously saying how they're they're obviously always on the hunt for like shelter and food and to to stay alive basically is that it just felt a bit repetitive to me. That was my main problem with it. I just wanted to comment on, um, obviously, that you've already said about Vigo. The wee boy is sensational to you, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. tremendous. There's a bit where I think they, they shoot the gang member way, way at the start. He's crying. Yeah. It's just, it's so real. Uh-huh. And the, the, the comment I wanted to make was, what, what do you think of her, the, the wife? Um, like her decisions, as no, no, her acting, and then I and all that entails. I, I mean, it's pretty good. I can imagine she's had a payday of going on set for one day and getting her mm-hmm. bits. Like, there's not a lot to it. Yeah. yeah. Because but we don't feel, because we don't fully know what is happening and what has yeah. happened to them, it's hard to call. It's hard to be too critical. I just, I don't feel like her like desperation is anywhere near the level of. The, like the husbands, for example, like she just kind of uh-huh. goes for zero to hero a wee bit, like where she just walks out into the fucking wilderness. Like, so, I don't know if it was like a postnatal thing where she just what after she just went I, the rails after she had the baby. Maybe me. that was something, but I wasn't sure. I didn't. I didn't rate her performance at all. Anyway, I uh, thought it was really good. That's what helped me get. So I think that she portrayed it quite well. But she was also on the screen for a limited time that no. you have different views on it. And I no, think that, well, you're right, that doesn't help to the fact that she wasn't in it as much. Uh, it's some of the scenes that you've seen her in her back when he's reminiscing back to happier times. So again, you're not seeing her true Aye. experiences living in this uh, the modern day life as well. It's all, also as well, like those bits are not in the book. So the bad- know, man, that, You know, it's funny you should say that because I didn't remember that being in the book either. Aye, it seems like top Hollywood fucking... Uh, what's the word like creative license if you want to call it yeah. that that's exactly it and I think it is for people like this isn't offensive Burns but for folk like you that maybe need that little bit of extra in the background and they've, they've, they've layered that in to maybe make it a less of a monotonous film aye and I'm yeah. still sitting here saying how fucking hard I watch it was it's, it had no effect basically at all but I did help like Daniel says I think if it didn't have those parts then I would have been more thinking because I've said before that for me is I can't remember what film we watched. It was one where I'd we think it was Mean Sean that scored it quite low and we got berated for it. It was ages ago now. And like 
it was just one where I, I want to watch a film to sort of be excited and like a good like I don't like watching sort of depressing films kind of thing which obviously some people do enjoy watching depressing films whereas me I'm I, it's not kind of the thing that I would sit down and watch a film for probably because I don't watch loads and loads of films whereas Francis Kill you've said like sometimes you'll watch five films a week and none of them are even our films you know what I mean whereas whereas I'm sort of sitting down to watch the films that we choose and actually that's really it. Well, that I suppose that's probably the beauty of the, what we do because we have got so many contrasting opinions of movies and movies that we like to watch. I don't think this would be one you would ever go and watch, Burnsy. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd imagine maybe Sean, you'll come into that same category. And the the movie that we're recording next week, Burnsy, I'm fucking guaranteed most of us wouldn't be chomping at a bit to switch that on. But we get to go and experience different movies and have mm-hmm. our thoughts on it. Um, just to jump back into the, the the woman character, I just feel like for me the the woman and the man were so contrasting to what they wanted the rest of their future to be. She was in probably that postnatal thing that you were saying there, Dubs, as well as being really selfish in the fact that she was struggling, so she was taking her road out rather than thinking about the road that is her son and her man, and. Is it a bad? Is it the wrong? The wrong thing. Obviously, we will we'll, we'll never know. But she she made her decision to get out and get out early and left them up to deal with it, which I think was pretty shitty. Because I feel like the man was really selfless in the fact that he wanted to make sure his son was looked after and he got whatever future is ahead of him. Or is he the selfish one? Right, like keep them alive in this fucking terrible world where that's a high chance. I suppose that's probably the big question for the whole movie, though, is if we were in that scenario, and some of us have got kids, what would our resolution be? Bullets out, bullets to the head all round, man. Like fuck that. You can see, obviously, even for the parents, is that the fact that the woman's like, I can't love you, and the guy's obviously trying his best. You can see, even with them, there's a bit of disagreement over what they think is best so you guys just the point perfectly that people are going to have disagreeing points I would say. I think that that was the kind of the point that I was making that I think that if unless something truly awful has happened to her or has like because of her depression or whatever I just don't see why like, if you had children you wouldn't go to those lengths to defend them keep them safe that's the point I was trying to make that's how I felt throughout the movie that, that I would feel that same way. I certainly wouldn't be wouldn't be as successful as <laughs> defending my child as what Vigo is. Like, but that's the point I'm trying to make. That I just didn't feel like her. It was either the performance or whoever decided to come up with that idea to put her in it. It just wasn't. It didn't feel like it was enough for me. I, uh, like those scenes being in it at all take a couple of wee points away for this for me. So like I'm not revealing too much about my score, but when it came to that. These are what take away for the Aye, and just and just and hundred percent I think just because of her performance, which I just didn't think is that great. I mean, I'm not talking like it's a slap at doing like fucking Zulu Dawn levels, but I, I just <laughs> she just fucking boiled my blood through it. Right, I just couldn't. Uh, do you think that's also because all the other roles are so outstanding? Is it just? Poor casting, or is she just shite compared to everyone else? Like, I think, in it in. no, I think it's more of those scenes shouldn't be in it at all. Aye. So they're purely that in scenes. So, like to me, right, if you're going to do that with a background, you need to tell us what's going on. Nah, mm-hmm. totally. yeah. take that out completely. The movie works where you don't know what's going on, yeah. and it's perfect. You don't need to know because it's ten years after something bad happened. There's a guy and his wee boy, and that's it. Right, that's all we need to know. We're trying to layer in like a wee what fifteen minutes total in the film, maybe about her. No, I think it, I don't even think it's as much as that. Probably ten minutes max. We we basically like who who's who's the most fucking bit of eye candy that we can find to to slot into this. Aye. Like even Vigo, like obviously he's a good looking guy, but the bits where you actually see him normal, it's far outweighed by the fact he's just a haggard fucking like hobo type guy throughout. Do you know what I mean? So he gives himself yeah. in totally. I just feel like with her, it just goes for, ah, uh, she looks normal, and then uh, I'm going for a walk, see you later. Like, well, listen, speaking of speaking of haggard hobos, let's bring Sean in to get his thoughts. <laughs> You're so predictable, I knew you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say, speaking of eye candy. 
Nah, it was it was it was laid up there, Sean. It was laid up for you to dunk. Nah, my dunking days are gone, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm in the same kind of camp as Bunsy here. Uh, I didn't really find it that interesting. I kind of find that what I find more interesting is you kind of talking about how he's enjoyed like the like the father son kind of combination and like is that not how any dad would be in that position? Is that not how any son would be in that position? So like, what's like, what's interesting about it? Yeah. Like, to me, I just find it quite bland. And, like, it just okay. felt repetitive. They were moving from one place to another. I understand, obviously, it's kind of post-apocalyptic world, whatever it is that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, more really, you're never really going to be in the one place, especially when there's these guys cutting about who are basically like eat you. But I never really found it that special. Like, it just That's a typical father-son relationship in that situation I would imagine I, I don't really see what separates that for any other normal kind of father and son in any kind of film like this I, I just find it quite repetitive and boring if I'm honest I'm sorry to bring the because you seem to quite like it but I, I don't know I just find it quite quite well it's obviously dark and dull and stuff I, I, I get, it wouldn't work if it was fucking all sunshine and flowers and that but <laughs> I just found it really kind of dull and like there never really felt like a purpose to it, which I suppose is the point because in that world there, there never really is a purpose. But like, yeah, and like, he's what I find interesting as well is obviously like he, he, he was going to shoot his son uh, to stop those guys coming and eating him, but then like he's saying like he's trying to prepare his son for death and stuff like that. So like, why, why would you want to leave your son behind in a world like that on the off chance that he might bump into somebody? who can kind of take him under their wing and look after him and all that. I, I don't really understand that. Like, why would you take that chance if you knew you were dying? That doesn't really, that doesn't really make much sense to me. Do you know what I mean? You can answer thing. to your own question, Sean. Like, obviously, when you've got that responsibility, it's just like, basically, that's that's my only focus, is um, making sure he's going to be all right, even though I'm up shit creek. Um, the logic sort of goes out of it, you would think, in that situation. One thing I, I don't a world like that, there's no logic. It's you've just no. tried to survive day to day. One thing I did think about it, and I don't know that if, how you thought about this, but the wee boy, like maybe it's just a commentary on like children are just like so pure and all that, and they're they're unimpressionable. But I don't his his kind of sympathy and empathy for like everybody that he comes into contact with. If all he's had basically to teach him the ways of the world and all that. As his father, who his father's just basically it's us against the world. Why is he so empathetic towards everybody? Uh, that's what one thing I wanted to ask. I think that's an interesting th- another interesting thing. I know Sean Hinkle's there's nothing interesting about this, but it's another as <laughs> uh, the sort of nature versus nurture debate is sort of played out on screen, right? Because in terms of his environment, he should be a fucking stone cold killer weed mm-hmm. guy that's fucking yeah. feral, right? Yeah. But some folk have well intrinsically are just good people I think and that's where and I think it's meant to represent in this world where everyone they come across is a fucking cannibal or like try to kill each other or all this sort of shit by yeah. the end they do find there are other good people they're just fucking few and far between so even in the environment that they're in there will still be some folk that are essentially good Yeah, I think as well it's like when the scenes that the, the boy's in is like it never seems that He's all, he's always got a, he's never really really down. He's always he's always as if he's like, oh, he's always trying he seems to always try to put some sort of positive spin or or even if it's not a positive spin, he's never really that upset about it. And I think like you say, Daniel, it's just that he's obviously just that <clears throat> it seems like a caring person kind of thing. Like there's obviously all the people that they meet and he doesn't want to really think bad of them, even when the dad's obviously like not nah, we're leaving him and then obviously ends up going back and giving him giving them the clothes and giving them some food and all that kind of stuff. It's just a, it's probably just like, like you said, Dubs, just because it's a child and they've not got that maybe feeling that like the dad does is like, it's us against the world and they want to think good of people. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it like a social commentary where they're making this point that, that they always say about people that you're not born like with hatred, you're not born with racism mm-hmm. or anything like that. And are they trying to make that point amongst other points that they're trying to make that kids are just this this thing that can be like corrupted in a way but when basically all he's had is like corruption basically in his upbringing really if you think about it 
Yeah. I guess I guess this is why obviously you can we'll have our thoughts on the uh, film, but I think this is why it's such a well thought of book. It wasn't Pulitzer surprise, I'm sure, when it came out. Aye. Um aye. And I just think it's got so many layers and little different things you can interpret it from what is essentially a book with zero characters in it. It's aye. Like a man and a boy and an old man and yeah. a thief. And that's it, that's that. Do you know what I mean? Um and aye. I just if it wasn't for Charlie Stallone's scenes, this would be really up there for me. I do think it does the bits it's meant to do like yeah. amazingly well, but I've just got that little complaint that it's like, what was a film we spoke about recently? Like Gravity. You ever seen Gravity? No. Ah, anyway, kind of shite, right? But the whole point was see if it was like, it was all just her going through space and it was like this fucking claustrophobic idea would have been amazing, right? But it turns into this big action thing and her getting back and like, there's too many different layers to it. And yeah. for this film, it'd be like five star. It should have just been the two of them on the road all the way through with yeah. the other bits cut. It's funny you should mention it when in the Pulitzer, uh, Daniel, because, and I was going to make this point earlier as well, the fact that you were saying, like, obviously there's no characters in that. His writing, really, if you just take his writing uh, in isolation, it, it doesn't deserve awards, his writing, because it's it's really basic stuff, you know what I mean? You, you, you know that, having read his books. Uh, like, and the same way No Country for Old Men. Like, there's long swathes of that uh, book and, and movie where there's no dialogue. At all, yeah. it's no snap. It's no snappy or anything like that. It is really basic, and there's words in there that are really old-fashioned and stuff that you have to like look up to Come know up, what exactly. mean and stuff. It's like what I would say about that, where you say there's long bits with no dialogue, which works really well in the movie. But when you read the book, it's long. Obviously, bits he's where describing that. Aye, hundred percent. So he's yeah. mega in depth in his description. I feel like so. No, I'm, long... not I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that, and it's also it's almost like a really unique way of writing i know he's he's dead now so he's not going to be writing it anymore but um th that that style it's completely in contrast to everything you would assume that would be out there at the moment like it's, there's one that, um, there's one that you should read called outer dark like it's definitely up your street like it's got a bit of a no country for old men vibe it's about a guy who gets his sister pregnant and an old man takes the baby he tries to get rid of the baby an old man's got the baby so the sister goes chasing the old man and the brother goes chasing the sister and they're all sort of going across old-timey Western America with shit happening. It's fucking good, I, like. It'd make a good film. I, I'm, listen, guys, I'm for Kimler. I probably know them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Hunter, speaking of incest, what did you think of this movie? <laughs> What's that got to do with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of... I think going to be stuck somewhere between the appreciators and the not so appreciators. I do think some of the visuals in this are very, very good, and I, I get, it captures this what you can imagine some sort of a uh, post-apocalyptic world to be again. You don't know what the cause has been, so again, you can only presume what has led to this. But I think it's captured very, very well. I mean, it's all dark, it's dingy, it's. And I think that also helps draw you in as well because that you can't allow yourself to be distracted because there's nothing there to help sort of distract you with. And again, what's been touched on before, the, the relationship between father and son, I think, is great. And as well acted, and there is, you can do it, there's a good chemistry between them as a pair. Like they, they, they do connect very, very well on screen. I think that comes across. And again, it's just, it's, well, there is a few things missing, kind of similar to Bumsy in a way. There are a few things missing from it, but again, that is not a slight against the film. This is just my personal preference. Again, I don't know what I'll be looking for, but again, it's something similar. The subject matter is probably not something I would go and watch off my own back, but again, I am appreciative of having had the chance to watch this. See, post-apocalypse um, stuff is like so up my street. Sorry, Barnsley, I wasn't looking at your hand. <laughs> I post-apocalypse stuff is like my fucking wheelhouse. Like I love it. Like post-apocalypse novels, movies, fucking comic books, all that shit. It's fucking amazing. And, Sorry, the, reason, and the reason for that is what, Daniel? Like what you just think? I just enjoy it. I think it me it gives you a blank canvas for storytelling. I think what you're like, you want, basically. Aye, have you ever read The Stand? <laughs> no. Okay. It's fucking outstanding. Like it's as they're my top five books ever. And that's a sort of post-apocalypse thing. It's very similar, actually, to COVID, the way everyone dies. It's like a, a flu that kills every cunt. I think the most interesting thing about that is that 
it's it's good to see what like we as a race and as our sort of people are so spoiled and all that and we've yeah. just got everything that we want at our fingertips and it's interesting to see how we would cope if all that is just fucking completely pulled for under you in a heartbeat do you know what i mean so that that's mm-hmm. why i like this film definitely sorry bonzi that's all right i was just going to pick up on what you said hunter about the like for me the dark vision in the film like annoyed me like i had to I started watching, I gave it a bit of time, but I had to like, I ended up having to change my TV settings to make it brighter because it was just, it was, it was actually annoying me. No, I'm, I'm the same as Burnsy. I'm just going to completely echo that as well. I had to change mine as well. Um, and, and we were watching it on, it was Prime, wasn't it? Did anyone pay for it or was we were on Prime? But it was, it was on that. great movie, so I recorded it. <laughs> I don't know, it was a great movie for it as well. No, it was after that, because otherwise I would have said to you, but I don't know. Shocking. I forked out the whole £2.99 I got this. <laughs> no, I watched it on Prime, and then it was on, like, a streaming service within Prime. And it oh, was, that's what I got it, it on. It fucking adverts and all that. And you so, got... obviously, <sighs> because it's... Obviously, you are talking about the effects and all that, but they had sort of, like, noise in the background. And then, obviously, Vigo's, like, grunting all the time as well when he's talking as well. So I had to have the volume up, like, 100 Right, mm-hmm. and then it goes to fucking adverts for like protein <laughs> shakes and all that. So I'm like, having to tone it down again, and I had to change the the, the contrast or whatever you call it as well. So I, I and just think like if, uh, if I didn't if I didn't change it, then I would have said, oh, I'm not happy with how dark it was. So I didn't want that to be a complaint kind of thing. So I thought I'll just aye. change it, and obviously, so that, that so that's not something I could say that was bad about the film even though I've mentioned it now but obviously it's not going to impact my enjoyment for that point of view but I just wondered when Hunter said that um, obviously Dubs is agreeing with me that it was I just thought it was it was too dark and it was like I was struggling to actually I don't know if it was because I was watching it during the day or whatever it was just because it was light coming in or whatever is, is that I couldn't even sometimes I was struggling to actually see what was happening in the background because obviously it was that it was that dark you could sort of see the main things that were on the screen but other things that were in the background you couldn't pick up as easy well i've mentioned this loads guys and it's about how you watch a film as much as what you watch so like this film i watched late at night pitch black all the lights off never had the playstation on for this one and i had an absolute no issue with the the brightness or or the colors on this on this on the screen but I do think that does play a big part into my enjoyment for movies is the experience watching it as well as the movie because there's many movies I've shot all over that I watched during the day in a rush whilst I was working the night before we recorded that I need to go back and re-watch because I probably would score it better and I'm going to put No Country for All Men still in that pocket of ones I should go back and re-watch give it the full experience to see if, uh, if I do enjoy it a second time round. Okay, well, I was just going to say that I did do all those things that you're you're talking about, like cutting shut and fucking sitting like actual darkness watching it, and I still had massive issues with it. And I wanted to touch on something that Hunter said, and what I don't know what you all had thought about this, but I thought the special effects were were dreadful as well. I didn't really see any special effects, to be honest. Quick, quick. Like, I mean, I I the, I the same. I really like the visual effects, but the special effects, I there wasn't even my what like action scenes it wasn't like right well maybe i'm using the the incorrect terminology but what i mean is like so if any so the other night i watched wizard of oz have any any's watched wizard of oz before yeah 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 Mm -hmm. you can see the strings and all that (laughs) i wasn't even going to comment on that see the bit where they're going to the emerald city like obviously they're just walking towards like a green screen or whatever they had at that point or it would have just been a big picture basically (laughs) back then the the special effect or whatever you want to call it in the road that in 2009 it wasn't any better like you could there was a bit where they were walking over a bridge i think it was and it was so clear that it was just a big screen that they're walking towards okay. i thought that anyway again it didn't like completely ruin the film for me but i just thought how how can it be like fucking 87 years later or however long it is and it's still no like anything much better Maybe this is only exposed by turning the brightness light up on oh, your telly. Yeah, so I was going to <laughs> no, no. You, you've, you've, rumbled, you've rumbled Hollywood where you just turned the contrast off and that's it. Well, I, exactly. Well, I, exactly. You just answered your own question. But I thought there was a couple of bits where, the, whatever you want to call it, the effects, it was like they were walking towards a big painting. 
I didn't notice, to be honest. Um, but I will pay attention next time. Uh, uh, but I, I wasn't really looking about that much, to be honest. I was quite, I was more concentrating on the characters, I suppose. But uh, it was I, a bit where there was just nothing going on, and I noticed. I, that. I do normally notice stuff like that. Normally, stuff like that would piss me off, but it couldn't have been glaring enough for me. It's to... made, it's made a comment on not just this movie, but movies in general. I don't see how they can have bad mm. visuals or anything like that. In this day and age, I know this for movies fourteen years old. So the, the reason being that you'll never beat practical effects with visual effects, right? So back then they used to have to make all the fucking shit, like outy stuff. So yeah. it was like a like there was stuff there. The the vast majority of it was like handmade props, which was a huge industry. Whereas now it's just a big green screen, and they've got to yeah. try and give it. So you can't really ever get depth because humans are too smart to. You can tell the difference. We spoke about this in the podcast when we were talking about Alien. So the reason Alien's so good is because there's an actual thing there. Like, they made a big prosthetic fucking alien. Yeah. But when you're acting against a green screen, yeah. the threat, your, your brain doesn't register the threat the same way. You can tell it's Some, a screen Similar to Jaws, I think. They, they, they tried to do a lot of sort of fancy stuff with Jaws. And then what they did was, like, sort of cut it all back and stripped it all back and, yeah. and had, like, music instead to, to just mm-hmm. have, add the suspense. And then you just seen the shot for brief spells. And that was... And- the genius and, of the movie. Yeah, and the shark was a physical thing, that a big yeah, mechanical yeah. shark, which again yeah. makes a difference. Um, instead, of, if it was a big CGI shark, it uh, would never be scary in the slightest. So you can always tell. It's like now, and you're like, well, why? How do you not realise why the films that you're basically ripping off worked? How do you not know that? But you've got the odd, you've got odd people that still try and do it. Like Glamour del Toro is still like a big advocate of having real life fucking staging and props and all that which makes your movie look better yeah. obviously you'll use little bits of CGI but mostly he wants to have live action stuff whereas I think most studios now want to put all the money on graphics and mm-hmm. just have visual effects teams and most of the movie is done and then they spend 12 months with loads of guys on computers getting worked like slaves trying to make it look good Aye. Well, guys, I was just wanting to bring up one more thing that I read, and it's going to be in Hunter's trivia. And Hunter, I do apologise, I'm going to steal a second of your trivia here, uh, which at least one person does every single week, so you are used to it by now. Mm-hmm. Um, just to the book, guys, that have read the book. So for me, obviously, the, the scene when they're in the house and you see all the half-eaten people, which is probably a horrible way to put it, uh, it's quite shocking, right? But there's a, a scene that they did shoot that was from the book that was taken out of the actual final production about a baby on a spit being roasted over a campfire. Is it as graphic as it sounds in the book? Daniel will probably know it better than what I will. I was going to say, it's been years since I've read it, but I remember it being a lot more graphic. Like, it is the mm. ultimate scene of the book, really, is the fucking detail that he goes into, because as we were talking about with Colin McCarthy, he's a very detailed writer, knows so much about what they're saying to each other, but about what you can see. Aye, and the, or, visual, and the visuals that aye. that kind of brings up. I, I um, don't know the specific uh, baby spit roast, but uh, aye, I, I don't know, I know that obviously they're already in a shit situation, as it is, but it feels like there's a lot of jeopardy, I think there's bits of like, jeopardy that they get into, you know how obviously they have to shoot someone, um, I feel like there's more of that in the book as well that they've cut that they cut for the movie. Um, obviously, you're talking about the baby scene as well, Kyle. But I feel like there's a lot more that's not in it. Aye, you can't. They've, they've made it a very modest. It's, this came out in 2006. I think if this came out now, it would be an hour longer. No, Just because they have to make movies now. So yeah. another good thing about this is it's a perfect sort of length. It's only like aye, it's not that long either. An hour forty something like that. Mm-hmm. Aye. So, aye, it's not too bad. Whereas that's I think all it needs. That's all it needs. When I, when I read that part, when I was looking at the trivia, because I always do my backup, because Hunter normally forgets. Although, Hunter, it's, not been, a, it's been a while since you've done that. Yeah, I've, I've been bucking up my fucking ideas. Of since your last performance review, you haven't yeah. proved, I must admit. Um, I read that and I thought, oh, that might have been a bit too much for me if that was in the movie. Because the movie like, takes you a while to go over the thoughts of that. Uh, basement house scene and then if that was a, mm-hmm. in a close follow up scene I think I'd struggle to to take in more of the movie and I think it not being there probably helped me enjoy it more because um, 
it focuses on that relationship, which is overarching theme of the movie. Um, anyone else want to add anything more to this before we jump into Hunter to get some trivia, if he's got any left? What I was going to say, just as a follow-up, is kind of what uh, Dubs and Daniel have said about the representation of literature uh, on screen here for this film, that if that scene had been in it, I can't imagine being as graphic as it would have been described in the book, actually, because of how everything else sort of translates from the book to the film. You've got to try and make it a 15 rather than an 18 for mm. any money. I mean, you're not going to make mm. an 18 movie. Uh, so uh, you've got to be careful with shit like that as well. So you uh, you got to be as graphic. Let's get some trivia out there. Most certainly. I always feel like this is the point of the podcast where Hunter quickly loads up IMDb in his phone and he just reads no, directly from nothing, Nothing's prepped, nothing's prepared. It's just one. He's known about this for two weeks. You lay off my Hunter. Uh, <laughs> so, some food for thought. Um, the film takes place in 2024, not 2019, so enjoy the apocalypse that's during the next 12 months, guys. Do you know yeah. what it is? It, that's going to tie in with a gala day coming to Stenny's Muir. <laughs> the, the world is going to end the day after Stenny won the league. That's it. Next time, that's what's happening. I think I would rather actually go on the road for a wee walk rather than go to a gala day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. Oh, don't. We, we and Asti, they, they had theirs on Friday. I, I never left the house. Good. I can't think of anything worse than all the people that you avoid when you walk about the streets being in one place with you. Like, if you wanted to sleep with like, people, you would. And the so fucking dressing up in there. Street parties. Ah, your street parties too. You're too antisocial for that, Sean. And dressing up the wee girls and all that. It's just, come on, fucking hell, man. It's just there's so much fucking. It's just nefarious. Do you know what it is? It's the it's the spending thousands and thousands of pounds to build an arch over your house depending on what the theme is so the theme was star wars this year where i live and all these people spent thousands building transforming like, the front of their house like into a star wars stand. you can get the best one kyle eh? and do it's you know what the win flex, that's it it's not for the good of the community it's just to say look how much money we've got that's all it is well a couple of years ago um there was one done a few doors down from where i live uh, and i'm sure he doesn't listen um, and they must have spent an absolute <laughs> fortune like us. I get 10 plus K on this. And they got second prize and got a £25 gift voucher. What the fuck? It's very much like The Wicker. They could do a Hollywood movie about it. <laughs> it's fucking like an, American, an American couple come out of uh, Scotland for a holiday and they end up in a gallery where they get sacrificed <laughs> at the end. Going out. <laughs> <laughs> Marching bands going by my window at half past seven on a Friday morning. With... It's like imagine somebody like landed for another fucking planet and you had tried to explain to them what was going on there. But it's funny because they actually close the roads in and out of Bonus between like half eight and half three that day. You just can't leave. Just fucking just close the roads anew <laughs> permanently. <laughs> just cut it off for the rest of society. <laughs> I was just going to say, for our listeners in Indonesia and our listeners all over the world, we should maybe explain a bit what we're talking about. So I, you don't just know, I don't know what you would call it in another country, though. I don't yeah, know how to explain it. There's just loads of bunting everywhere. Uh, <laughs> people walking about the streets. And there's a parade. Once, a year, once a year, every village has got a separate day where there's a, is there a prince and a princess and a king and a queen. Aye, aye. That's what I was saying about the dressing up and all that. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> And everyone does, there's like a, a, a gypsy fair. Uh, like a pageant, would you call it that? A pageant? No, I don't maybe know. Maybe as close as we've got to that. It's a bit, it's very wicker man, eh? Like a weird ceremony. Um, and the next it's, a <laughs> it's a cult. It's a cult. Just based on cult, so next time over to me, when Lithgow, have you heard of their one, they, it's like Torchwood or Torch Fair or something like that? Yeah, the fire. they actually start at one side of Linlithgow, everyone's got a big stick with a flame on it and they walk from there to the other side of Linlithgow. But they they had a palace at one point in the left goal. So there, right? uh, so that's what obviously about it doesn't it? There's nothing goes on in it. That's what I'm saying. So, but is that where that came from? Because that's there. I'm, I just know that they all walk with fire through the streets and everyone stands and watches them. Fuck. Weird as fuck. Send them out of the road. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, 
to signify back in the day how they used to keep the folk with bonus out. Like they used to have sticks of fire. Keep the fucking gargoyles out. A body soap. The Galladay gargoyles. That's it. Galladay gargoyles. Oh, before Tibia, we forgot to mention uh, another smashing big Bobby to add to the list. You saw a old behind, but dangling through his legs, ball sack and Bobby for big Vigo. Uh, just uh, they don't they jump into like a kind of like a stream or something like that. Oh, yeah. kind of, uh, uh, add that to the list of cock and balls that we've had. In the I, I never actually noticed whether it was big or no, and I, I did look. I assumed it must have been relatively big because you were seeing it from behind and it looked all right, so you're missing the shadow. There was movement, I've seen. Dub's kind of comprehend seeing one from behind that's actually hanging down. It went to adverts just as that scene happened. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being furious. Sylvia. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so as we've touched on as well, uh, the, as I keep with the novel, the cause of the apocalypse is never explained. Um, to prepare for uh, the role, Vigo Morganson would sleep in his clothes and deliberately starve himself. At one point he was thrown out of a shop in Pit- Pittsburgh because they genuinely thought he was a homeless man. Uh, Vigo Morganson and Cody Smith-McPhee, who plays the boy, reportedly bonded by eating crickets together to help get them into character. Eating what? Crickets. Crickets. Because I've seen the the film, so they're generally doing it off camera. Ah, they do that in the film as well, don't they? They I've eaten a cricket. It's not Mm -hmm. that bad. It's a bit like a peanut. I'd rather just eat a peanut. What was that? If I taste like peanuts, I'll get a bash. John just said I'd rather just eat a peanut. That was all. Take it, like, <laughs> who was that, Daniel? Was that in Asia or something like that? Uh, no, it was in a... <laughs> you made This is now embarrassing based on you saying that, because that sounds really cool, Dubs, but what it actually was, was a... Uh, I'm a celebrity. Oh, uh, I was... Do bad that. things to your manager at work day, so I was a manager and they got to fucking get me to eat bugs. That was it. <laughs> no, I think that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> That just shows how f- much they fucking hated you. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that. Mine wasn't that bad. Uh, I had deep bugs. One thing I was going to say about that, about the eating of like insects and stuff like that, that I think they, t- they, t- they talk about it in a day abroad when they go to China. And yeah. like Carl Pilkington says, like, where's the line of like animal and food? That's what you're eating. Like, they're just sitting with like, a wrapper full of like, bugs and stuff like that. Like, where did they stop? When I, when I went to Thailand, it was weird. Just going like walking down a street, and there was like loads of folk all like, on the street carrying around dead fried bugs and that. And then for whatever reason, I bought a scorpion off of this wee random guy that was just walking about with sticks of scorpion. And me, it, 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 it was just, it was like crunchy ash. It was horrid. It was just nothing. There was n- nothing to it at all, but... I think probably paid this guy a couple of quid to eat a scorpion that he's probably found in the ground and just fried to death. Well, I read a thing that in the next, like, quite soon, 20 years or so, they're going to start, a big percentage of our flour is going to be made out of bugs because it's a lot more efficient for the planet just to crush up bugs and use that for baking cakes and whatever, and nobody would notice the difference. Like, it's fucking bugs. I mean, I we're, we're, we're eating horse meat for fucking years and that was bite. Aye, exactly. Horse we fucking, delicious. Mussels, we eat fucking so. Someone's just a fucking bug that lives underwater. Like, aye, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Aye, it's, it's it's how you're uh, conditioned, really, isn't it? That, that's all it is. And I think I don't know if in the in those countries they've just got a more uh, like an open mind, and it's just like waste not, want not. We're no fucking that nothing's off limits. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything. But then at the same time, it's just what what you've got available in your surroundings, I suppose. Like, yeah. I read a thing that. Uh, like us western white people smell like cheese to like Japanese people in, Jap- in Japan because they didn't have really any dairy in their diet at all uh, and we eat it that much it's like seeping out of our pores Aye. Oh. Like, that's what we, what we actually smell like is cheese and fucking uh. in this <laughs> smelly mouldy guys 
But I'm sorry, we're interrupting your trivia. You've spent the last 15 minutes. Also, I smell like cheese as well, which doesn't help. (laughs) (laughs) How much cheese is too much cheese? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, we thought it was like a, a nice red Leicester. Are we going full camembert here? <laughs> Somewhere in between. <laughs> oh, right, one final that. point of trivia I've got here is that half of the crew members uh, for the ship in New Orleans were actually survivors of Hurricane Katrina. I was just going to say that. As soon as you said uh, New Orleans, I was oh. going to say it was after Katrina. And they just thought, let's just <laughs> film this here. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That, that's where the fucking... It's as close as you'll get to a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. I thought you meant that the... All the folks that had the amputees were for the... Hurricane. <laughs> 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 Just fished up the top of a roof, I yield it. But didn't... <laughs> fucking hell. I don't know. I, obviously, I'm no... I wasn't really engaged in politics as much, like, back then, but didn't Bush, like, just no date anything, like, for the I first like, few days? That. After There's that, a great, um, TV show called Semi, I think T R E M E. It's on Sky Atlantic Dubs. It's made by the, like you'll like it. It's your, up your scene. It's all about that, like the aftermath and Aye. John Goodman's in it. There's a really good cast. It's good. Oh, it's like a, a, a dramatization. You mean? Aye, <clears throat> it's, good. It's, it's excellent. Like it's just all about like different cultures and the aftermath of the hurricane in New Orleans. If that was a because New Orleans is known for being like predominantly black, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I, there's like a, a large sort of poor black community. Uh, black imagine guys. if it was rich fucking white folk. They'd be sending the army in and everything. Exactly. That's what they talk about. They talk about all that sort of shit. Being left behind all that. It's good. Aye. Well, as Morons are not qualified enough for the politics world, Dubs, you can take that into a separate podcast. We're gonna have, uh... You don't need to be qualified to say fuck Bush. That's just <laughs> fucking... We should take that into the Daily Dubs episodes. I think uh, fuck Bush should be the name of the podcast. Mm. You don't need Bush. to be qualified to say fuck Bush. Hunter, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any more trivia? Nope, I'm out. You're out, okay. I think it's time to score this movie then. And I think we will have a, a big gulf in the actual scoring of it uh, based, on the, based on the comments of some. Uh, I'll kick it off, guys. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Oh. And the reasoning, Kyle, you just, I know you've covered a lot of it. Fucking spoke loads about it earlier. I, I, I just, I, I don't really see much wrong with it. Like, I'm not overly critical of the scenes that include the woman in it. Again, I've not read the book. I think if I read the book, I maybe have a different feeling on it. <clears throat> not much really goes wrong in the movie that I feel like I would improve. Um, I, if anything... I know it was mentioned about the perfect life, but I wouldn't have minded it being a bit longer, but enjoyed it. You just It's just one of those things, that just doesn't fucking happen nowadays. You get films like an hour and 40 minutes. They just put yeah. the fucking arse out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, uh, me and Burns went to see the Elvis movie and it was like three hours long. Mm-hmm. There's no way it was needing to be that long. I don't know if yeah. it was an homage to how long he spent on the toilet before he died. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just way too long, man. And the and the fact that they'd done that genre, like with Elton John and Queen to death as well, uh, yeah. like recently, it was just like... And I think fuck. even with that Elvis film, it's more a film about fucking Tom Hanks' character than it is about actual Elvis Presley, too. Aye. I mean, he was he was a massive part of his life, and I don't think that's actually out there and known enough. So I had mm. kind of knew about that, and I found that interesting, but fucking three years. Fuck off. <laughs> well, listen... We're having to re-pick our seen and unseen movies soon enough, and I've been touting one for the last couple of years that we should watch. It's just nearly hitting the four-hour bracket, so we might need to brace ourselves for that episode. Sean, let's come to you for your score. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> a two? A two, yep. Fuck's sake. I think that's him being generous, too. <laughs> I, I just didn't really, I yeah, just didn't really enjoy that much. I didn't... I just, no. Let's say let's plaster the misery off with more shit scoring. We'll come to Burnsy. I'm following Sean and R2, please. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell, man. I said that I'd, I basically said it was a summer for me for the quiet place, and that's what I scored that. So, okay, let's try and raise it up a little bit. Just a little bit, though. We'll come to Hunter. <laughs> 3.25. For 3.25. Dubs. 
Um, I'm going to go four out of five. Um, I thought it was a great movie. Tough one to score because it is really difficult viewing. If you think about it, like from start to finish, there's really not a lot of moments of joy or relief. The subject matter, and I thought the the lead and supporting actors just amazing. They, they two are just sensational. But they're like whatever you want to call it, the the visual effects or whatever, and Charlie's Theron's acting that that kind of brings it down a wee bit. But four out of five for me. Really enjoyed it. Four out of five, Daniel. Uh, I'm in between you and Dubs. I'm a four point two five. Um, I think it's very good, but um, the whole sh- the whole contrast with the Shelley Stone thing just stops it being a- an excellent film. Oh, okay, is a nice contrast in the scores, which is typically what fucking happens in here, especially in an epic one. Bonzi, what does that do to the overall scoring? Three point three three. Oh, a three a three point three three guy. So. I'm going to give you some movies that were ranked higher than this. So, movies coming in at a 3.35, we've got 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> Battle Royale. That's fair. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's a fucking cartoon. That should be higher. <laughs> should be higher. The Descent. Mm-hmm. Silver Linings Playbook, burns it. Perfect film, should be top. I think you gave Silver Linings Playbook a 5 out of 5. Did I? Uh, <laughs> in this movie... Oscars did it not, Silver Linings Playbook, no? Did I? And we are just, just, this movie's just above Spirited Away. That should be higher, that's criminally low, that was Sean's fault. It's a <laughs> fucking, uh, honestly, with that, I hated that. Absolutely hated that. Anime pish for children. Anime. <laughs> and the other movies that come alongside Spirited Away are Logan, Pan's Labyrinth, School of Rock, and Happy Gilmore. I think I hated Logan if I'm right. You did that. Sorry, but this this film should be way higher than all the man. That is fucking embarrassing. <laughs> so this movie doesn't make our top 75. Should be lower. I agree, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's, tri- it's triggered me. <laughs> I mean, that is what it is. I expected exactly how the split was going to go. I thought Hunter in the middle, I thought those two, shite, and everyone else kind of high. That was exactly how I saw I never had any preconceived notions. But Kyle, I will say that I find it like I'm, I'm one of the most like downbeat people on the planet, and I just didn't understand how you can score this so high and then True Romance. You're like, we're having to drag you to get you to fucking get a three or whatever it was. I just, I just didn't know how that's possible. I think it just depends on the films grip you. Like, I, I think I'm a strange one. Like kind of guy, and this film would just seem to be like the total like kryptonite to you. I think my my thoughts on films are so random. It's like my top film is Twelve Angry Men for some reason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely obsessed. But the movie that I probably watch more than any other movie is either Moneyball or Warrior. Love the two movies. So contrastingly different. What's Warrior? Where the UFC yeah. one? No, you heard it. It's got Tom Hardy in it. Uh, just before he hit it big. Yeah, like maybe just when he was coming up on the way up to being famous. But it's all right. We, we did it for this. It's okay. Bang average. Or <laughs> The Wanderers. I love a bit of The Wanderers. That's good. And there's a film called The Warriors too, isn't there? Oh, yes. The more famous one, I. They're, they're pretty much the same film. Like, but The Wanderers and The Warriors. The Warriors is more famous, but The Wanderers came first, which I didn't know until we did it on this. But, Excellent movie. Almost well, listen, that does bring it to the end before we start rabbiting on about other movies. Uh, we spoke well enough, well into the hour for this anyway. Uh, thank you very much if you have stuck with us to the end. We do appreciate it. The listeners and downloads has been shooting up recently. Uh, we're well into over 100 a week. So thank you very much for those that are taking part. Um, we'll call that the dubs effect. He's, he, he's pulling you all in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that does bring us to the end of this week's episode. That's more on to bid you farewell. No funny quips this week, Hunter.
the name you're supposed to. I can't think of one. I can't think of one. I do try it off at the end here. Something funny. Go on, give us something quick. Can't they put me on the spot? If I it's either at the tip of my tongue, as we say goodbye, or it's no there at all. Listen, for what I've heard, if you speak to your wife, it's always quick. <laughs> Sorry, I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun, you fucking moron. I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Whoa! Up here, you morons! Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! Hey, moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>